should have done after dark. I mean, that's what we should have done. <laughs> Talk about the Pac-12. It's got to be after dark. Why are we doing it so early? It's the know. funeral. Ah, funeral. Viewing hours. The viewing hours, hours for the Pac-12. Yes, I mean, we got... Yeah. Thoughts and prayers go out to those who love the Pac-12. And the chaos that ensued after dark. Yes. Thompson Robinson pulls it this time. Hurdling, and he pulled it off for a touchdown. His signature move. They're going to run a play. Rising with some confusion, just keeps it. And there, he's still got it. Rising breaks free. And goes all the way to the end zone. Well, another day, another season preview. This time, the entirety of the Pac-12 conference is is going down today. And a conference with which is probably as strong <clears throat> as it's been in years. However, yeah, it, it's not going to be that way for much longer. This is the second to last year of the Pac-12 as we know it. Really, I mean, USC, UCLA, we talked about that earlier this summer when that happened, that they were leaving the Pac-12. Obviously, mm -hmm. there's still speculation, still expectations that other schools are going to follow suit, especially like Oregon. So it's going to be it's going to be a weird couple of years to, to see what, what the Pac-12's next steps are. Do they, do they try to retool or do they just fall away? And uh, we're, we're coming up... <clears throat> Again, probably a year or so away from really figuring out what's going to happen there. Yeah. It's kind of just amazing, and obviously we're not going to harp on this too much, but it's kind of amazing where we were this time last year where, you know, Oklahoma and Texas were, you know, for the big heading for the SEC, and everybody was talking about the Big 12 is, uh, you know, the Big 12 is going to be the one that's going away, and now – here we are a year later. Is the Pac-12 going to go away? Is, are they going to, you know, is the Big 12 going to steal, not steal, but, you know, bring in a lot of those teams that are still remaining? Or or what's going to happen? It'll be very interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, a lot of the rumors that I've heard <clears throat> um, haven't seen anything concrete, though, for certain. I know that there's been rumors that the Pac-12 is looking at adding San Diego State for sure. Um, yeah. And there's also been rumblings of, like, Colorado State, you know, at West mm -hmm. But even at that, that ain't going to do a dent that losing USC, UCLA, two of the most prestigious athletic programs in a couple of sports. Yeah. Um, will do like it's unacceptable to get to this point quite frankly like you have to wonder how they got here like, yeah it, it it's egregious quite frankly 
It's yeah. just, you know, I mean, you talked, we talked last year about the ESPN influence on Texas and Oklahoma, possibly for them to move to the SEC. I wonder if Fox, this is Fox's influence on USC, UCLA, since Fox is big in with the Pac 12 rights, uh, even more so than ESPN is, uh, at least in football, to, and especially on the Big Ten side of things, to get them, you know, a more lucrative, offer and and more money per school everything i say it helped i mean but i think i think that just this move was probably waiting in the wings for a while and it just just kind of happened honestly um anyways collins here what's up man so yeah so yeah i guess going into this season there's a lot of, of change especially in terms of of passing uh the leading uh quarterback in completion percentage uh leading quarterback in completions attempts and passing yards uh that would be anthony brown the completion percentage was Jaden daniels those two are gone uh they are no longer in the mm-hmm. pac 12 uh anthony brown of course just uh graduating Jaden daniels transferring to lsu Jaden delora the leader in passing touchdowns has transferred to arizona so some some moves in terms of, of quarterbacks this season. Uh, the one that does stay the same though is yards per attempt and uh, it, well, and adjusted yards per attempt. That's uh, DTR, and then Dylan Morris it, in terms of the league leader in interceptions with twelve last season. Yeah, he's not going to be a starter. So no, it doesn't so, matter. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you mentioned all of this, but. There is probably a returning Ruger. Shut up. There is probably a returning <laughs> quarterback that is better than the mall, but he didn't play in all the games, so he doesn't have the stats. And that is Cam Rising. And it, when you mm-hmm. take away yeah. Caleb Williams, that's what you get. Excuse me, one moment. Yeah, uh, okay, well, we were, we were going to talk about that because I'm 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 one of the guys that's extremely high on Utah. I'm sure I think we all are high on Utah. I, I am think too. Yeah. where everybody else is. I'm I'm sure we're all believers. I don't like, know, I know I, and I, I I think it. I we, think it we've talked about it, Tyler. I'm, I might be right, right up there with you. Yeah, we've talked about Cameron Rising. We know what he's capable mm-hmm. of. I mean, he's he's in the preview. He's in our our intro. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that play is just a part of what he was able to do last year. Last year, he was a fifth leading passer in the conference, playing three less games. Mm-hmm. than the rest of the quarterbacks above him. Uh, maybe two less games with Chase Garbers and Chance Nolan, because I don't know that very well. Nolan hit a full game, so two less games than, yeah. than Garbers. But even then, mm-hmm. um, Cameron Rising, I mean, obviously expected to be the guy the atop the conference in passing, but we also don't forget Caleb Williams coming in. He's He is probably yeah. the guy that everybody thinks is going to be on top. And then Dorian Thompson Robinson is a guy who you probably shouldn't sleep on. I think he'll be up there in that top no. three, five range as well. He'll be pretty solid. I think the leader in yards is probably going to end up being a guy like Cameron Ward, uh, maybe. Um, he's going to throw the air out of the football. I, I don't really know if USC is going to do that. I think they're going to have more of a balanced attack because they do have – a great run game that they're going to have employed there in Southern Cal headlined by Ty or Ty uh, Travis die. 
um, who transferred yeah. in from Oregon. So, yeah, I think uh, I think when you're talking about the general scheme of things, you could talk about USC maybe being the best, most balanced offense. But I think the most productive air attack is going to be Washington State, even if the air raid isn't necessarily yeah. their identity right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can agree, Cam. Yeah. For me, I, I definitely lean more towards like a Cameron Rising. Um, like he's like we saw what he was capable of last year, um, and Utah returns a lot of its weapons there at receiver. Like it's it has potential to be very potent that offense. Um, and I too am definitely high on Utah. Um, definitely look at Caleb Williams. We saw last year when the two of them were at OU, Lincoln Riley and him. As soon as they made the flip there, that offense was dangerous. Like that really made a huge difference. So I am sure that that that's only going to carry the momentum. And yeah. Another quarterback, I mean, uh, what about the guy that got beat out by Aiden O'Connell at Purdue last year, Jack Plummer at Cal? I mean, I don't know what the weapons look like out there on, on in Berkeley, but Jack Plummer is still a very good quarterback. I mean, he can get the job done as a quarterback. He got beat out by somebody yeah. who is a top three quarterback in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. I, I still think there's some talent there. He can get the job done. It's a matter of what he has around him. I think that that Cal offense will definitely be solid, but they're they're still too predicated on the run. Like well, you don't yeah. you don't they, necessarily know that. Yeah, I mean, like not- just going off of what we've seen though in the past with um, Wilcox at at the helm, like they've they've been predicated on run the football and have a strong defense. I think that's the identity he's trying to build there in Berkeley. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if they have a good passing offense, but I don't know if they're going to necessarily put up some of the numbers we're going to see some of these other basketball quarterbacks put up. Well, I mean, I, I think I think you do have a point when it comes to Wilcox's identity and all this stuff and, you know, it's just, you know, I don't know where their run game is going to really come from, to be honest with you. Like, they don't really have a whole lot coming back when I looked into them that just kind of stuck out as guys who, who can make a huge impact and make a big leap. But, I mean, their wide receiver room is a little bit, I guess, uh, more like new and fresh their offense is just so young and the only thing we really know about is jack Plummer, which is why i kind of like hesitated with both of you because tyler asked Mm -hmm. about the weapons and then cam you also talked about the run game it's like i don't really know if there's going to be a change of identity or not because we don't really know what this california offense is going to look like outside of jack Plummer. in which case we're just guessing that he's going Mm -hmm. to produce right yeah i i worry i worry more about the weapons than Plummer, but Cam, Cam's point is sort of true, but not as much as you think. Last year, the totals for Cal, they threw the ball 382 times between, well, 
they had two quarterbacks uh, and then a couple of trick plays that uh, one worked for 34 yeah. yards, the other didn't. They ran 20 more times throughout the rest of the season. They ran 402 times, uh, then they and they threw 382. So, you know, I, I think that sounds pretty balanced when you take it into the grand scheme of things. So I don't know if, if that's necessarily the argument you were really going for there, Cam, or not. I, I do worry about the weapons around Plummer, though, out there in Berkeley. I, and, and maybe they figured things out, but I kind of bought low on Cal, hoping that uh, that they'll overproduce. Go ahead, Cal. Oh, you were going to say something? Yeah, I, I was just going to say, like, everything that I've seen, like, every time I sat down and watched a Cal game, like, I – like, it just feels like they run the ball a lot more than that. Like, that's just my personal mm-hmm. opinion. Like, stats obviously say otherwise. So, yeah, proven wrong there. But it, it just feels that way. Well, they had in the past, you know, when they had Christopher Brooks running and they were letting a little bit more quarterback run. I think what happened mm-hmm. was they had the change at the office coordinator to the current coordinator in Musgraves who that started – I think that's his name, Musgraves, right? who started last year, and they went more to a balance attack, attack with Chase Garbers, and it didn't necessarily pan out. But again, it was just like last year, you would think that they would continue to go to the run there, as my ESPN goes off, because they had two guys in Damian Moore and Christopher Brooks that could kind of carry the ball a little bit, in which Damian Moore's back, Christopher Brooks is not. I just I don't know what to make of this team, and I don't know what to make of this offense. They're supposed to be. I mean, this description here talks about them as a West Coast style offense. I don't even know if that's necessarily true. It's just there's a lot of question marks around Cal, and Cal's a big wild card. In even though there's no yeah. more divisions in the North Division because of the scheduling, mm-hmm. Cal that's Washington definitely, State, yeah, that's definitely a team I'll be watching. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at Cal right now. I mean, they go they go on the road to face Notre Dame out of conference. They go on the road to Washington State. They play Washington and Oregon, which I don't think Washington's going to be that good, so I'm not too worried about that game. But Oregon in the L.A. to the Coliseum to face USC, then at Oregon State and Freezer Stadium, and then Stanford and UCLA to close out the season. The last four games of that – actually, the last five games of that schedule are pretty – pretty tough games in general. I don't know that they're going to win more. They may get one out of yeah. those five. Um, so they're going to have to really rely on a, a strong start to the season to be mm-hmm. really a consideration to get to a bowl game. Yeah. yeah. I know how much you love Justin Wilcox, Cam. It's just mm-hmm. this team has got a lot really riding here, yeah. and it, I don't really know what to – They got a lot riding on people either stepping up or, or not, and if – if the not ends up being the case, they could be looking at a yeah. very rough year. It's definitely an intriguing. Yeah. That's 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 kind of how I looked at it. I I don't know if if they step up or not. And now maybe I'm just going you know glass all full and it's full of piss as opposed to you know looking at a glass <laughs> half half full of lemonade or something like that. Well, you know the um, glass half empty, glass half full kind of thing. Yeah, you I get look it. At things. That's <laughs> that's that was All kind right. of where I went with. with anyway, DJ, ever the pessimist. Yeah. All right. So, another team I want to talk about is a team that I'm my tones kind of changed on actually uh, as we've gone on. 
and that's Arizona. I don't think they're as bad as a lot of people think they're going to be. Cam. Um, <clears throat> I still think they're bad. Hang on. I still <laughs> think they're bad. But when I first did my prediction, I had them at 0-12. I don't have them at 0-12 anymore, but I don't yeah. have them having more than, like, three wins max. Either I never had them wins. at 0-12, actually, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. But, I'm, to, I'm sitting right at like but, two at ten right now. I have like a couple of weird. Yeah, wins, that's, but I don't, that's what I'm I do. Winning out of conference, I don't. I'm winning out of conference. Yep. So I mean, yeah, I, I don't yeah, either. That's, that's what I was about to schedule. say. It's like that's the issue. Is like their cupcake game is North Dakota State. Like what? I don't know yeah, why you schedule that as a cupcake game. Honestly, I'd say that's their cupcake, cupcake game would be game. San Diego State, and that doesn't say much because I mean, look and at I, yeah. San Diego State, Mississippi uh, State, North Dakota State. I mean, you're getting your ass. I mean, San Diego State straight. beat Utah last last year. I mean, yeah, I, I, year, but I think their cupcake way. game is um, within conference. See you, yep. Boulder. Yep. Yeah, that might be. I, I was just talking about the cupcake scheduling. Yeah, you know, yeah. like cupcake is actually probably week thirteen against Arizona. Honestly. <laughs> Arizona Sorry, Arizona State, State. yeah, Arizona State. I, yeah. I, I have completely sold every stock I had in Arizona State this season. I, I, I think we I all have. have. Yeah. I have dropping them completely that. off the radar. Not, I'm not on them at all. I'm, yeah, I, I just I, like I, forget they exist sometimes. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this. I mean, I had them finishing with the same number of conference wins as Arizona. It's two. Mm-hmm. So technically, yeah, I, because of a head-to-head tiebreak. I've got Arizona ahead in the final standings of Arizona State at two and ten. On it, honestly, the only reason why I have Arizona State with more wins than the school to the south is uh, that they have the far easier I, schedule. Like, yeah, they've got more. They'll have more like, wins. It's not even biased. But. Like, I I didn't even like look at it. Like, I'm not even wearing my Arizona State shirts or anything like that. Like, I looked at it un- as unbiased as possible. And yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not buying into either Arizona school. Like, if I'm being entirely honest, like, I don't yeah. think Jed Fish is, doing- is really that great of a coach. Um. I, I saw no growth in Arizona last year. Like, I'm sorry, Colin. Like, I know that you're high on him, but I don't know what everyone sees. Do you know what he took over? Okay, but you can still see growth over the course of a year. And I did not see that at all from Arizona. They were not at – like, ASU had so many distractions last year by the end of the season. Okay, but do you know what Arizona had last year? Actually, yeah, I know. Didn't but, have, I mean, they were miserable. They at least have like, a quarterback yeah. this year. Like, let's think about that. They have yeah. a quarterback for once. Yeah. Who, yeah. like, I just said, led the conference in touchdown passes. Like, it's totally yeah. fair to say that. I ju- I'm just saying, though, like, even without a quarterback, though, you can see growth in a team. And I haven't seen any of that. I don't, I don't. Again, I don't think either Arizona school is great. Um, I The only reason why I don't think either one's the worst team in the conference is because Boulder is an absolute bluster cluck right now. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Colorado's the worst team in this conference. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, the bottom, I'm having a hard time finding one win for Colorado. 
Kyle I Brown found one. one I found one, but it's I'm not necessarily, you know, putting all my chips in there. Which is which uh, one is that? I think I had them winning at home against Cal, but even then, that was. I mean, that is still going to be. That's one not the game I got. I got. I got them winning against Arizona State. That's the only no, game I got. I, have. I, I got. I don't them have winning. them winning any game. I got them wow. winning at home against Arizona State. That's the only game I got. I have them losing to Air Force, so I think that one's going to be tight. And I have them losing to both TCU and Minnesota. I mean, yeah. they, they have 11 Power 5 conference games, and they're the worst team mm-hmm. in this conference, without a doubt. Yeah. I have Arizona winning four games. Mm-hmm. All in conference. Wow. All in conference. I have them beating I- California and Colorado, and then I have them beating uh, Washington State and Arizona State. Really? I, I've kind of calmed down on the whole Washington wow. State thing. I could see a lot of – I could see them upsetting teams, but I could also see them it's being the a disappointment at time. times, kind of up and down season for Washington State. That's what I'm predicting. Yeah, I'm not I'm not buying the Arizona, or the Washington State game for Arizona, uh, but I do have yeah. them beating uh, Colorado, and yeah. I do have them beating Arizona State. Um, yeah, just, those are the two that yeah, I had as well. I have a hard time being sold on – you know, I have a hard time being sold on California like we talked about. And the one thing I'll tell you about Arizona is, Cam, if you are critical of Jed Fish, if they can't get three or four wins this year with the roster they have now, then your criticisms might be valid if they can't get two wins or mm-hmm. more than two wins. If they can't get three wins, I truly think that we got to start talking about what Cam's talking about when it comes to Jed Fish. Is he all – is, is he really making the progress that we say he is? They went 1-11 last yeah. year. They bring in a guy like Jacob Cowing, who, you know, he's from your guys' neck of the woods down there, BJ and Cam. He's from UTEP, mm-hmm. right? He comes in from UTEP. Oh, wow. He's got this newfound connection with Jaden. Yeah, he was amazing at UTEP last year. One of the yeah. better uh, group of five wide receivers the entire year last mm-hmm. year, if you take away yeah, Western Kentucky's good, yeah. big two. Uh, he's one mm-hmm. of the best. And then you got Jaden Delura coming in, who, who who we're pretty sure can play. Was it a system thing? I don't think so necessarily because he did all of that with a lot of turnover when it comes to roster and changes within the locker room throughout the season, and with Rolo getting fired as well. I just, yeah, I think this is a team that they get better as the season goes on. They're better than Colorado. They might be able to beat California because they're competitive and one of the first three games, and then they go on a losing streak and they play. They finish the season inspired. And that's what I have them doing. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, I, think I, wanna, fair. I, I was going to say, I want to move on to a team now, uh, go up to Palo Alto and, and Stanford. I, I really am curious on what everybody thinks there because I'm – I want them to be good because I, I really think they are going to be a good team but I still can only find five wins because their schedule is oh. absolutely yeah, it's tough. Their schedule's tough. Yeah. I, their schedule's tough. I didn't even buy them that high on Stanford. I want to be proven yeah, wrong. I, 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 cause I, like I said, I really want to give them and see them at like eight wins, but I just don't think that's what's happening. I, I don't No, I don't see it. Yeah. I'm right there with you guys. I want Stanford to do good. Like it's nice to see those, um, really strong acad- academic schools do well in athletics, overcome their yeah. – I just like the play. But, like, Colin, where, 
what are you saying? Because you're the only one that disagrees. What what are you, what do you see? I mean, I kind of like the Stanford team. I, I don't think they're as bad as a lot of people say they are, and they're not going to, you know, be back in the conversation for the Pac-12 championship like they used to be. They're not going to be anywhere that close or anywhere close to that. Mm-hmm. But when you take a look at what this team was able to do last year and you, you look on the surface and they went three and nine and you're like, well, we're not impressed with three and nine. Okay. First off, they beat Oregon, the champion of the North granted in overtime, somewhat in controversial fashion, but they beat them. They beat USC on the mm-hmm. road. Granted USC was bad. I mean, they blew mm-hmm. out USC or at least they, they yeah. it was more of a blowout than the score indicated. They barely lost. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I can see that. But like Tanner McKee played amazing down the stretch there. Like, I mean, that was an amazing thing to see from him. And it seemed like watching this team, it's like they should have really beat Washington State. They probably should have beat Washington. And then after that, you know, Utah blowout last year, the wheels just fell off. There was no buy-in. And against Cal and Oregon State, they just kind of – folded and i'm curious if that's going to happen this year because of the fact that the schedule is tough like you say it is but some of their tougher games are kind of spread out throughout the schedule i will tell you they schedule pretty tough outside of conference i mean colgate is a powerhouse to start the year (laughs) (laughs) and out of conference you can look at a a four game stretch of oregon oregon state notre dame and arizona state I have um, them winning one of which. Arizona State's not. I have them winning. But, yeah. Sorry, sorry. My bad. I meant Notre Dame. I didn't mean. Uh, yeah. Arizona I, State, I have. I still them. have them only winning of those games. Yeah. Like a three team. game stretch there. And then another wow. three game stretch where they get UCLA, Washington State, and Utah. And they close out with BYU. I yeah. Mean, yeah. It's kind of. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean. I want I, – I think I speak for all three of us here. We, The three of us who doubt Stanford aren't doubting necessarily the talent that they have. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. we all admit it. It's like you right said the now, other day. You can't, you can't bank on progression. Yeah. yeah. You have to like, look at what last year was and look at what they have this year, and it, nothing – not a whole lot's changed. Like, I trust Tanner McKee. But I'm just not. I'm just not bought well, into them going, getting seven or more wins. To yeah. a certain extent, that's somewhat true. What I mean, in the context that that you're talking about there, when you're talking about progression, that's not everything you can hang your hat on. You got to be able to look at a product, in which case it's a team. And you got to be able to just say, look, I saw moments of great to, you know, for, for their standard, of course, for what they ended up performing to. Mm-hmm. I saw moments where they did march down the field, tie it up against Oregon as time expired and then proceed to win it in overtime. I saw stretches where, you know, they should, they, they dominated USC. They probably should have beat Washington state in a great game last year. And then, you know, you had that troubling moment where they got beat down by Utah and it made it, it made David Shaw lose the locker room. And if he loses the locker room like that, yeah, 100%, this team is not making a bowl game. Okay, but we also saw yeah. a 
2007 Stanford team, for example, who only won four games, get a big upset win over USC, and they didn't do anything. And then what yeah. did they do the next year? Well, the next year is when that growth really took off for that Stanford team. I mean, they weren't amazing the next year, but mm -hmm. again, you just kind of saw signs of growth. They went five and seven, but they lost a one touchdown game to Notre Dame and they were able to, you know, kind of navigate the schedule being very competitive in a lot of games. And it fast forwarded to what we really knew Stanford to be in the, you know, late or the early 2010s, like they kept progressing forward. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. Yeah. I'm what I'm proposing is I have belief in David Shaw that he's going to give it one last little run at Stanford and that this is going to be progression. I'm not saying that they're going to go eight or nine wins here. I think they're around the five to seven win range. Okay. Well, I have them at five. So that's why I'm like confused on it because the way you're trying the way it sounded like you're wording things was like they were sitting around six to eight. So I was like, yeah, no, I mean like eight wins is probably their ceiling to be honest with you. If things just really go well, but I mean, I look yeah. at three games on the schedule as, or I look at four games on the schedule and I'm like, they're not going to be able to win one or they're, they're only going to be able to win maximum one game out of those four games. And those four games are, USC, Oregon, uh, UCLA, and Notre Dame. And then may, if you want to include a fifth, BYU, sure. But I just – Not Utah? I don't, I don't – I was could. about to say Utah over – I don't think they could well, beat Utah. I don't I think they beat Utah. Utah. No, sure. no. Maybe the schedule is a little no. bit tougher than that. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. Right, like, they literally start what... with Colgate, but then they get USC. Two weeks right, and I have, the, I have them beating USC for a second year in a row. Okay, well that's wow. that's fine, but I mean, I I disagree with that one. Then they play Oregon, gonna... Oregon State, Notre Dame three weeks in a row, UCLA, Washington State, and Utah three weeks in a row, a week break, and then BYU. So I'm sure we yeah. have plenty of time to delve into USC, but I got an interesting season in store for USC. But mm -hmm. yeah, that's coming like, out I, I, on Friday. So I I have Stanford. Yeah, that's kind of why I want to keep that somewhat quiet. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll leave you USC. Utah yeah. is going to be coming up in our predictions, uh, our deep dive predictions. So not going to go too yeah. far in on them because I, I want to save my personal opinion on them for later. Now I do want to talk about Washington though because Washington's yeah. an interesting team. Like I I think that they're. I they spent their couple of years in the spotlight. I don't think they're going to be there. I think they're going to be off of it for a I while. I don't. I ha, I have four wins, and that's just because I don't think they're that good. Truthfully, Kalen DeBoer was a good hire. Wow. Like, I guess I'm I'm seeing, but yeah, but I I I don't know how to feel right now. I have them at seven and five. But I don't. I could see. I could see them struggling at times too. Like I. I do. I really don't know what to make of Washington either. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm right around. I'm right around where Cam was. I've got them, actually, doing a little bit better this year. I think this is going to be, you know, kind of not necessarily like their breakout year, but I. I, I don't think they're going to be bad. 
I don't think they're going to be like in the conversation where they were a few years ago on the doorstep of the playoff or anything like that. I have them winning eight games, six in conference. I, I do buy in, and maybe that's just because I'm a little bit lower on I, some of their other teams, but their Crawford games are very winnable. And yeah, so when I looked at around and like I, I think I have two of their three losses uh, in conference being in division, and then I got one out of conference loss or out of I, I have one out of conference as well, but I have one out of division loss. I think they play Utah. Um, and obviously we've talked about how good we think Utah will be. Uh, but I have them in a tie for second place Utah. in the Pac North. Well, okay, then it's, hey, keep, maybe uh, it's, it's divisions uh, are gone. But yeah, yeah, like, I'm, I'm talking it, about. I, I know. I ha- I I do have the old quote unquote North beating each other up. Like I really do. Yes. Uh, okay, I needed one change, but I still got five wins. I mean, that's all I've got. I got five yeah. wins. I only yeah, got I five just, too. I, I just don't think they're that good this year. I, I don't. I've seen Michael Penix play. I don't. Dude, Michael Penix. Okay, listen. I, do you really think Michael Penix Jr. was the problem over at, at, at Indiana last no. year? No, I I, I don't think I don't he's, he's going to stay healthy. <laughs> That's my thing, and I think they're going to turn to Sam Heward at some point. I don't even think yeah. I, I, is going to. I think the they're only five and four in in conference as well. Like I really do think that Honestly, they. Struggle. I, I think. Personally, for me, I think Huard would be the guy I'd go with, anyways. I mean, just get him a season um, of experience. But I mean, well, it depends. I think I, I think you just don't do that at the beginning of the season, right? Because you're trying to compete, you're trying to sell your team on competition. And even if Sam Huard is some is somewhat the best guy, I know for a fact there's some sort of competition there. If if they think that Huard could possibly take it, and if the board does that. He's basically saying to all the upperclassmen and all the competitors on that team, basically saying this season doesn't matter. It's just a rebuilding year. And that five wins might not even happen that we're talking about, Tyler. That's possible. I mean, I think that the wins that I have them getting are relatively simple games to win in general. But I can see it. I mean, I don't know. I Personally, I, I think that uh, – I just don't buy in a Penix, so I mean that's why I'm sitting at five to begin with, and especially if he's not, like you said, I don't know he'll go the full season. So yeah, I mean so, I, yeah. I I hate to predict injury and stuff like that, but with Michael Penix's yeah. recent history in the last three seasons where he got hurt in the fifth game, hurt in the sixth game, hurt in the sixth game, three years in a row, just like that. You just can't count on him to be healthy, but I hope he does stay healthy because I, unlike Tyler, do like watching Michael yeah. Penix play. He's not the most efficient quarterback, but he's a playmaker, right? He's exciting to watch. And that's kind of yeah. what made Indiana really good back in 2020 is he, he was go yeah. big or go home. He was your classic, mm-hmm. you know, early 2000s type of air it out quarterback. The ones that would just throw yeah. it around the whole Timmy Changs of the world. You know what I mean? It was reckless and fun. Yeah, make, and there's something exciting about I'd that. I'd make the argument. I'd make the argument that the Indiana team in 20, I mean, Penix laid it, it all out on the line for them. And you know, that's why he got hurt. Yeah. But that's just the way that he play. He puts himself on the line because he wants to he win. He gets it is all every you know, play. Yeah. That that stretch to win the game in overtime against Penn State on the two point conversion, 
I mean, that certainly plays like that helped the team, but it certainly yeah. didn't help you keep yourself healthy. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All well, right. Well, regardless, go on to go on to Washington State real yeah. quick. I, I'm curious, Colin, you said your tones changed on them. I'm curious of where. Well, I've kind of come back down to earth when it comes to them. Uh, you take a, a look at what they got and. You know, they, they bring in Morris, who was the coach who completely rebuilt Incarnate Word. I'm sure you're very familiar with him, BJ, or at least his yeah. track record, being there since 2017 yeah. and progressively making Incarnate Word a, a lot coach. better. Very Cameron good. Ward has been talked about as one of those dark horse darlings, is what I like to call them, preseason dark horse mm-hmm. darlings for a draft-eligible quarterback that may go in the first four rounds. I'm not sure how good this team is going to be. It seems like Jake Dicker and Morris, they're going to air it out in classic old, you know, Washington State fashion, just like they have done before Mike Leach and just like they elevated with Mike Leach and then with Nick Rolovich for the year and a half that he was there or half a year that he was there, wasn't it? A year and a half, right? I think. so, but I, could. I mean, he yeah, had the year COVID year, which was like not even a full yeah. year, and he didn't yeah. even get a full year last year either. Which Let's I call thought he was doing a good year. job. Let's I thought he was doing a good year. job yeah. for the record. Like, I really do think do he was too. doing a good job, and I'm not sure how sold I am on Jake Dicker. The one thing that does give me confidence is they gave a very successful FCS head coach an opportunity to be a coordinator, head coach to coordinator. Uh, and he's not managing a power five team. He's not making the jump from FCS to power five as a head coach. It's just running the offense. And I think that continuity is going to be important. However, long winded way. I know I'm very (laughs) interested in this team. Their schedule is also very tough. I mean, we talk about tough schedules. And tell you what, Arizona, by the way, is getting three wins. They're not beating Washington State. I I was capping there because the end of the schedule is what's easy for Washington State. Can Washington State Mm -hmm. pull off an upset? Yes. And because of them getting it in week six, I have them beating USC. Again, a little bit of a hint at what I think of USC. Well, I'll just tell you right now, I'm right there with you on that game. I am too. I I still have them going seven and five. I think if they could go into Camp Randall, though, and beat Wisconsin, a lot of people are going to be on notice about Washington State. And what I was saying about how they could be a dark horse contender for the Pac-12 championship, that comes to reality, even if it's not a conference game. They proved that they can beat Wisconsin, and they can go the slate with two or three losses in conference. Washington State, they can compete for a spot in the Pac-12 championship, just kind of slip in there with the new model. I just, there's too many question marks for me to predict it. I'm not going to as a result. Yeah. Yeah, I I have them, everybody at once. All right. Tyler, go first. (laughs) I was just saying, I have them at eight and four. I was trying to be quick about it. Same. Seven and five. I I have eight and four. Yeah, I have eight and four with a chance to go – to the Pac-12 title game into the final week of the season. I don't think it's going to come to fruition, but they have that opportunity. There'll be someone to keep an eye on. 
So what do you think that scenario plays out to be? Because I'm assuming you have them beating Washington if you got them going eight and four. I don't actually. No, I've got them with uh, three conference losses. One of them is Washington. That's why I don't I'm have a, them making. Oh yeah, I got Oregon, Oregon in- State, and Utah as losses in conference for me. I mean, that's just. I have the state. I have. I have them beating Oregon, losing to Oregon I got, State. Losing I, I to do Washington, have them losing to Stanford, Utah. I do have them losing to Stanford just because that's that's right off of that Utah game. They had a bye week the week before uh, the Utah game, and I had them losing to Oregon State in week seven following a letdown spot where they go on the road to beat USC. So I think after beating USC, they lose three games in a row, three games in four weeks played in a row, and then they kind of you know get, get it back together and close out the season strong with three wins against the bottom dwellers of the conference. Yeah. I, I don't have them beating Washington, but I'm I'm e- I can easily flip that. I I like I said I'm 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 the highest I think of, of all four of us on Washington this year, but I just see that it kind of as like a you know spot where they they've been playing some of the bottom dwellers as you said, and I think maybe Washington comes out and just wants it more since they're at home, uh, and yeah. gets revenge for last year. So I'm going to skip over Oregon, and I am going to go to the in-state rival. Uh, I'm going to go to Oregon State. I got them sitting at 8-4 and four currently. Uh, I think a lot of people are very high on, on what Chance Nolan's able to do for them offensively. And, and truthfully, I, mean, I, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of reason. I mean, we saw a really solid Oregon State team last year, and albeit yeah. a loss to Cam's Aggies, I mean, that was still a, a solid team, and they looked – they look good the majority of the year. I think there's no reason they can't yeah. do the same thing again this year and have a very similar year. Wasn't Nolan responsible for their uh, win in the COVID year against Oregon at home, like that last second touchdown? Yeah, because they got yeah they had the injury I believe uh, to their starting quarterback and then he yeah. had to yeah, come yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys kind of like from the underrated overrated quarterbacks video that we did you guys kind of i'm sure got a window into my oregon state thoughts i too have them at eight Mm -hmm. eight and four and i think regardless of who winds up being the starter like i think this is going to be a very dangerous any this is a very dangerous team they're a scary after dark game for sure yeah for sure And it wouldn't surprise me if they get a lot of after dark games because it's so going to be an interesting team to watch. I don't want to go ahead and, and give my preview away because I think I can't remember if we're talking about one of these other teams in the top 25. I have Oregon State. Uh, is it UCLA? UCLA is not, and we're going to talk about them next. They'll be the last team we cover here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Oregon State is going to be nine and three, and they will be in a potential spot to make the Pac-12 title game. I don't have them doing that though, because I have UCLA getting a shot at a rematch against well Utah because they're the best team in my mind. <clears throat> well, I'm completely off base from where you're at when it comes to that. Uh, just touching on Oregon State here. 
Again, we're talking about another out of conference that's kind of sneaky tough. Boise State and Fresno State. If they mm-hmm. can win both that game, those games, that's awesome. I don't have them winning both those games. You guys know my thoughts. I don't either. I have them beating. Yeah. Or I have them beating Boise, losing to Fresno. I actually yep. have them same. Beating both those. Okay. Yeah. So Cam. Good for Cam, yeah. I, I'm um, the biggest Mountain West fan here, and I gotta say, I don't think they're winning both. Neither I'm just gonna say, BJ Baylor in the run game was really, really good last year. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be up to Deshaun Fenwick and Trey Lode really, you know, step up there. And we already know they got a couple of playmakers at wide receiver coming back. I mean, Tyjon Lindsay's coming back, who's a nice little gadget guy who I think they're really going to. I mean, he was a big time recruit. Tyjon Lindsay was a lot of people forget this they ended up committing to Nebraska wasn't the right fit for him and he transferred over to Oregon State which good for him I think Tyjon Lindsay is mm-hmm. going to have a very very good year at wide receiver I also feel like when you talk about Trayshawn Harrison coming back he was their second leading wide receiver he could take a big jump this past game was not super effective I think the double experience at quarterback that you got, but I think they're going with Chance Nolan. I think Oregon State's pass game is what's going to take a huge step forward. And their run game is going to have to prove it themselves. This team has the potential under Jonathan Smith to be that sleeper team to win 10 games that I posted about. Yeah. I have mm-hmm. them personally going seven and five, possible bull win to go eight and five to get one game above last year, but you're talking about a lot of games that I think are going to be really close and a lot of games such as that I have them losing, such as the Fresno State game, the Stanford game. Mm-hmm. Correction, I have them going eight and four. Eight and four, mm-hmm. not seven and five. Eight and four. But you're talking about the Oregon game, the Stanford game, the Utah game, games that I have in the Fresno State game. Well, not as much the Utah game, but those three other games, games I have them losing could go either way. But I also have the games like USC. Washington State, possibly Washington, if they're as good as BJ says, that could also go the other way. So I think seven or eight wins is reasonable for Oregon State. And if everything comes together and that pass game is as good as I think it could be and that run game is just as good as last year, Oregon State could be a sleeper for 10 wins. Yeah. All right. So we will – Move on now to UCLA, the final team we're going to go over here, the only other team that is not a part of our top 25 in-depth previews. And I got UCLA at 9-3. I think they're extremely – I don't want to say slept on. I think everybody knows what UCLA is. I think everybody saw them do what they were capable of last year, and I expect them to just build, honestly. I think they're going to be a lot more experience, uh, more experience together, specifically in the backfield between DTR and Zach Charbonnet. Uh, I think this is going to be mm-hmm. an extremely dangerous team within the Pac-12. I still, again, nine and three is what I have them going, but that could easily be ten and two with a maybe an upset win or two over Utah, Oregon, or USC. I have them beating USC, yeah. um, so that I put them ten and two. The only two real losses that I see are Utah and Oregon, and I think they'll get another shot at Utah in the Pac-12 title game, as I kind of already mentioned earlier. I'm actually very high on this UCLA team as well, too, Tyler. Yeah, I I have them at 9-3 and three like Tyler with the same three losses, though I, I think that all three of those games 
lone exception of one of them are going to be dog fights right in the end like they're ucla has the potential to like they're they're a really good team they're definitely yeah. going to be a dark horse sleeper type pick for the tactical title game i don't have them making it we'll get into that later i don't Derp, either but it's it's gonna be UCLA is going to be a good team this year. Yeah. So, they're starting out 5-0. and up. I don't think there's a whole lot of doubt in that. They're going to go into that Utah game undefeated. Will Utah be undefeated? Well, they got a couple roadblocks in their way before hitting that point, but I do think they will be undefeated. Of course, they have to get through Oregon State, who we just talked about, Arizona State, a road game, which even though they're not that good mm-hmm. – it's going to be Pac-12 after dark. You never know. San Diego State, yeah. they lost them last year, and then Florida in the swamp. So it's no gimme that Utah is going to be there. I think it's a gimme that UCLA is going to be there at 5-0. and up. Talking about that, UCLA has a bye week in the wrong spot, if you ask me. And here's the psychology around this. I think they split between Utah and Oregon because if they lose to Utah – they get a week to recover and re-motivate and realize that all their goals are accomplishable ahead of them, and they could get Utah again in the Pac-12 championship. They're motivated against Oregon. They go to Eugene and beat Oregon. Or they beat Utah, emotional win, and you're on a roll. You're 6-0, and and you go into that bye week, and that momentum kind of stalls, and you come out a little bit sloppy against Oregon. On the you, road and off. You, you, yeah, and you come out trying – and Oregon's going to be a good team. We'll talk about them. I'm mm-hmm. sure they're in that top yeah. 25. They're number 11. Yes. We'll they're going to be a good team. They're going to be a good team. So no spoilers on that. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. I think they split those two games. I think they get upset at Arizona State because I think Arizona State, though they're not good, they're good enough they can get somebody. And I, UCLA just happens to be that somebody. And then USC, I do have them winning that game in the L.A. Bowl, whatever you want to call it. I know there's mm-hmm. an actual L.A. Bowl, but you get what I'm saying, the, the future Big Ten yeah. Bowl. Um, so <laughs> I got them going 9-3. and three. That is not enough to be in uh, – 6-3 and three in conference is not enough to be in the conference championship for me, yeah. however. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I guess without going into records – I can say that my Pac-12 championship will be Utah and USC, but that is that's as far as yeah. I'm going. I got Utah and Oregon again. Utah and UCLA. I have Utah USC. I thought Campbell zoned out. <laughs> I really <laughs> did. I didn't think. I almost <laughs> did. I almost did. You know, Sorry, I'm not. I'm happened. not gonna lie to you though. If you look at Oregon's schedule, guys. Their toughest two games are at a conference. Their third toughest game is probably Utah at home. Mm-hmm. I think there's no way that they lose any more than two games in conference. I have them I, right I will say I think that since both BYU and Utah are at home, I think Utah is still a tougher game, but – I'll give you credit. They're still the three toughest games along with Georgia. Yeah, the, the only yeah. reason – yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, 
I can't argue I just, that. But I think BYU is a great team. They're they're going to be extremely good, good, and they're yes. going to they're going to fuck some people's shit up. But Oregon's not going to be one of those teams. Not in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. we'll I do talk have about, actually. We'll talk about actually, hang on a second. Later. It would be actually my Pac-12 championship will be Utah and Oregon. My mistake. I looked at records and not conference records. Conference records. Yeah. Um. Hey, Cam. Yeah. Did I miss something here? I'm just going back revisionist history. Did Dixie State change their name to Utah Tech? Yes. yes, yes, they did. Yeah. What the? When did that happen? This year. It happened like, yeah, I think this is the first yeah. year. And yeah. like yesterday. <laughs> no, it happened maybe July one. The month I don't since know. No, I, I think it happened. I thought it happened January first. It could be. I can't. Re- <clears throat> no, 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 no. It was January first. Like a lot of since there was a lot of athletic stuff, they finished out the school year as Dixie. And then July 1st, they yeah. switched to Utah Tech. Yeah, it was July 1st. The, the, I just the name Dixie is, is apparently. Wokeness? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's, wokeness, it's, it's wokeness. It? Yeah. I mean, I was Let's about to say, well, we can do whatever we want. We're independent content creators. I don't all care. I was going to say is all I was going to say is Dixie State never made the fuck any sense in the state of Utah. Utah Tech yeah. sounds so, better. Their logo looks better. I'm I, I'm with it. I guess I'm, I'm just going right? to so little, little bit of why, why did Dixie State change their name? And the quote says from DSU now UTU uh, President Richard Williams. This is not a new conversation at Dixie State University. We used to be the Dixie Rebels, so we changed our mascot. We used to have the Confederate flag, so we changed that too. How does this make is sense? Utah? It's Utah. Utah so, wasn't even so, a part of the Civil so, War. So, 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 as the resident Utah history expert, just because I'm a Mormon. Yes. Uh, um, <laughs> so, the reason why... They were Dixie State for a long time, and before that, Dixie State College um, was St. George was referred to by Brigham Young and a few other like prominent Mormon leaders at the time. It was a little bit, it was more of a rebellious area, like when it comes to the more traditional Mormon standard, and so it became known as the Dixie of Utah. And so like mm. it it makes sense, but you have to yeah. know the history of it. So all those rebels out there soaking cam. No, they wouldn't just soak. They 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 no no no, <laughs> no. let's not get into mommy and daddy talk. Um <laughs> Let's we save our stoking jokes for tomorrow. Mature the whole way through. Let's save our stoking jokes for tomorrow. Not even use them tomorrow. We're leaving it alone. <laughs> it stops here. Uh, anyway, oh with that, that does, that does conclude. Are our we going to pick a champion review. here or no? Uh, no, I, I think.
I mean, I got Utah as a champion. Utah, you know. back to back. Damn it, I got Utah too. Yeah, Stone. I, I thought we were gonna save it for the Utah, Utah team preview, but well, we are, we are, yeah. we are. I can't wait to get to them. Good, they are number I, six in yeah, the uh, way too early preseason polls, so we're gonna. We're going to be getting to that. That'll here. be fun. That'll It'll be, be like fun the last episode. week before the season starts. Almost. It'll be mm-hmm. the Friday before week zero starts. Yeah. yeah. So with that all being said, uh, tomorrow, BYU season preview. Friday, USC season preview. Saturday, Oklahoma in-depth preview. And then on Sunday, we will get into I, what I believe to be the Conference USA season preview. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. so uh, that, that kind of rounds out like what it's going to be until the next main episode, which is the conference previews. And uh, with that, we'll just we'll see you tomorrow with uh, BYU.